0: Thank you for joining us at Bangalore Revival Center. We are a church that's dreaming revival with God and serving people in love. It is our desire to equip you to represent Jesus and carry His great joy to the ends of the earth. If you like to learn more about us, you can visit dreamingrevival.com Now, as you listen to the word, we believe that God will minister to you. How many of you remember the the key foundational verse of this series. Let's read it together. One, two, three, go. Acts chapter twenty and verse thirty-five. Like we do this every Sunday, we're gonna read this at least three times. Ready? One, two, three, go. You should remember the words of the Lord Jesus. It is more blessed to give than to receive acts chapter 20 and verse 35 you should remember the words of the lord jesus it is more blessed to give than to receive one more time acts chapter 20 and verse 35 you should remember the words of the lord jesus it is more blessed to give than to receive we've been talking about this almost eight weeks now i think this is the eighth Sunday eighth week when we are uh, reading this verse out again and we are believing that God will cause us to increase in our giving you know uh, we have been boasting and thanking God for all the re- all the things we have received from God but in this season we will be givers yes no yes come on look at your neighbor and say hey you're going to be a giver this season yes you're going to give like never before amen now last sunday we began a a topic about giving to people right till now we were specifically just talking about giving to god but last sunday we started talking about giving to people right we're going to continue on that let's just read one particular scripture from last sunday that we read luke chapter 16 and verse 9. Uh, jesus shared a parable in luke chapter 16 and he finished with this Conclusion. He finished with this inference. What was the lesson that Jesus gave? The moral of the story. He said, use your worldly resources to, to benefit others and to make friends. Then when your possessions are gone, they will welcome you to an eternal home. Amen. So, so what Jesus was teaching was a principle of giving... When you're living in a temporary setup, when you're living in a, in a setup where you have limitations, you have challenges, you have sins. In the case of this guy, he had a lot of sins in his life. He had, he had abused his master's trust in him and, and still Jesus admired his willingness to use his worldly resources to make friends and to benefit the people around him. Amen. So today we're going to go a little more further We're going to study another three instances Where people gave to people Okay Where good people gave to good or bad or evil people It doesn't matter But they gave Amen And what did it bring into their lives And we're going to read that So let's go to the book of Romans Chapter 15 and verse 25 This is Apostle Paul speaking and And he's talking to the church at Rome He's writing to them And he's saying, I would like to come to you to the church at Rome. But before I come to you, I should go. I have to go to Jerusalem and I need to take a gift to the believers there. Okay, so Jerusalem is where Jesus was, you know, arrested and outside Jerusalem is where he was crucified. Jerusalem is where the Holy Spirit was poured out and the church was born. Jerusalem is where all the apostles headquartered the church from, right? So they spread from Jerusalem to Judea, to Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Now Paul is somewhere in the ends of the earth and the people in Jerusalem have had a there was an earthquake in Jerusalem and, 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 and there are people that are suffering in Jerusalem. There was no, no resources. So the churches around the world, they took an offering, they raised an offering and they gave it to Apostle Paul. Because Apostle Paul was the guy who would travel everywhere. And Paul is writing to the church at Rome and saying, hey, you know what? I'm going to go to Jerusalem and I'm going to take a gift to the church at Jerusalem. Okay. Verse 26, he says for you see the believers in Macedonia and Acacia have eagerly taken up an offering for the poor among the believers in Jerusalem, not for everybody, but for the, for the poor, for the specifically needy people in Jerusalem. What did the believers all over the world do? They raised a special offering. A special offering They have taken up an offering In fact They would keep aside An amount Every week Every The first day of every week They will Set an amount aside Why? So that they can Use that money To bless The poor people In the church At Jerusalem And they gave To such an extent. You know They gave to such a measure That the Bible Even talks about How there was Not a single Needy person not a single needy people in the church at Jerusalem or the church globally, you know. That is the kind of giving that this church had. There was no poor people among them. No, nobody who, who didn't have any of their needs met. Nobody who didn't have their, uh, you know, bills not paid. Nobody who didn't have a house to stay in. Nobody who didn't have food on their plate. Every needy person in the first century church was taken care of. Isn't that cool? Can we dream of a church like that? Can we dream to be the church like that? Where where, where we believe that there will be nobody in our church or in our network churches, any churches that we know, that that there will have a need that is unmet. There will have a need that is not taken care of. Come on. Which means we have to be praying. We have to be asking the Lord and we have to be, uh, you know, asking the Lord to show us Uh, Those doors, those ways in which we can help people, that we can support people, especially people that are going through difficult times, people that are going through persecution, people that are going through, uh, you know, very, uh, you know, crazy stuff like natural disasters and all those things, you know. When something like that happens, we have to be the first people that would respond to help. It should not be the NGOs, it shouldn't be the government, it should be the church that should... Be the first to respond, and I was so glad to see the amount I mean, some millions of dollars that was raised in Australia by the Hillsong Church for the victims of bushfire. And I am like, Man, that's that's the church I want to be like, that's the church we want to be like, amen. Let's go further. He says, They were glad to do this because they feel they owe a real debt to them. Since the Gentiles received the spiritual blessings of the good news from the believers in Jerusalem. In other words, these guys were Gentiles, the Macedonians, the the, the, the rest of the world, they were all Gentiles, they were not uh, people that had the law, but because... The believers in Jerusalem, they went all over the the world to preach the good news and bring the word to them. They said, hey, the best way we can repay their debt is not necessarily by praying for them, but by giving to them, but by blessing them, but by making sure that there is no person that is left poor, no person that is left homeless or shelterless among these churches. Amen. So we have to identify every church, every ministry, every uh, family of God that is working hard to bring the voice of God to the nation, to the city. And when we identify, we have to look out for the needs that they have. And we have to go and take care of that needs. Now, this is not not with regards to honor. You know, we, we spoke about honoring the anointing. This is not that, you know several sundays you know parto had asked this uh, doubt about uh, giving to the needy giving to the poor people this is the kind of thing that i'm talking about today the previous times when we spoke about honoring or giving giving to somebody who have uh, who are moving in a certain level of anointing we are speaking that about doing that out of honor there we are not looking at the need of that person There we are not looking at, okay, this guy doesn't have a shirt, so let me buy him a shirt. There we are doing things out of honor. But here, we are doing this out of a debt that we have towards these people. That's what the Bible says. It says we owe a debt to these people who are uh, sacrificially serving and walking and, and living and, and doing things that will bless the body of Jesus. Amen. Then it's the same scripture. It says they feel the least that they can do in return is to help these guys. How? Come on. How? Financially. Not just in praying for them. What is the least that you can do? Financially. Right? So if, if you're saying I'm going to pray for you. It has to be after you have given. Because what is the least category of blessing people? You don't want to say yes to this. I'm going to, I'm going to make you uncomfortable. The least that you can do is to? To bless and help people financially. see, a spiritual blessing is greater than a financial blessing. You agree with me? As a spiritual blessing or when you pray for somebody or when you release a word of God over somebody that is that is more powerful than you just giving money but the but the least that you and I can do is to give money right so if you have not done the least I, I won't expect you to you know do the greater part come on now if you don't if you don't if you are not able to give then I don't think that our our prayer has so much value because our prayer has to be an overflow or has to be an outworking of the love that we carry and we, we have in our hearts towards these people, right? So, so the love that we have towards these people is measured in our giving when we give financially. And when we are able to give in our least, that is when we are able to do more and we are able to pray and bless and do all of that. Amen. So I want to give you a couple of more examples of people that have given to the poor and how God has worked for these people. Amen. Let's uh, go to the book of Acts chapter 10 and verse 2 onwards. We all know this story. So I'm going to quickly browse through this uh, next few verses. He, that is Cornelius, read it with me, was a devout, God-fearing man. That's the first quality about this man. He was a God-fearing man. He was not a believer. He was not a Christian. He was not even a Jew. He was not even a law-following Israeli. He was a Roman, uh, you know, general, Roman commander, okay? Says he was a devout, God-fearing man, as was everyone in his household. It was, you know, because he was the leader, he set an example and everybody in his household, they followed the same pattern. Everybody were, uh, were God-fearing. Everybody uh, loved God, right? But there was something that set him apart from the rest of the people in his household. What was that something? What was the something? It says, but he gave generously to the poor and prayed regularly to God. Now, let's assume there are 15 people in his household. Yeah? Come on. When it says household, it looks like a group of 10 to 15 people, right? Back in the day, you know, a lot of people, a lot of population, all of that. And so a lot of children, all of that's happening back in the day. So it's a big house. But there was something different about Cornelius. Cornelius did not just fear God, he had a relationship with God. He prayed regularly, the Bible says. Amen. He did not just fear God and he did not just have a relationship with God. The Bible talks about how he was generously giving to the... Giving to pastors? No. Giving to the... To the poor. He was looking out for people who had needs and he was helping the people who had needs and he was helping them and he was generous towards their needs, right? So that is what set Cornelius apart from the rest of the people in his household. And what happened? Verse 3, One afternoon about 3 o'clock, he had a vision in which he saw an angel of God coming toward him and called out his name. Now, There were several people in this household who feared God, but God did not come to any one of them. There was one man who did not just have a relationship with God, but he was somebody who was a giver. Somebody say he was a giver. And he was a generous giver. Amen. And and he was giving to the poor people without measure, without stinginess, without holding back. He was giving to the poor. And because he was giving like that, the Bible says... An angel of the lord came to him that he had a vision and the angel of the lord came to him and spoke his name Cornelius and and this is what this was his response in verse 4 he stared at him in terror and said what is it sir he asked the angel and the angel replied your prayers and your gifts to the poor have been received by god as a as a offering you know so there were several people in the household that were God fearing but that didn't really you know move God as much as there was one man who was praying and he was giving there was one man what was his name Cornelius and what did he do he was a prayer warrior And he was a generous, he was a radical giver. And he was intentional at giving to the poor. He gave gifts to the poor. And the Bible says, these gifts and these prayers, they combined together, and they came to God as an offering. Anybody remember anything from the fasting prayer? Building altars? one particular altar where we where we saw the combinations a combination of both of this revelation chapter 8 verse 3 and 4 it talks about how there was a the in the altar of heaven there is a mixture of uh, the, the 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 prayers of god's people and the incense going together mixed together and it becoming an answer so so there are some things that cannot be changed or that cannot be overturned by your prayer there are some things that cannot be changed only by your giving. But when you're giving and your prayer goes hand in hand, it's a brilliant combination. Amen. There are some of us who have learned to receive blessings from God by just giving to God. By just giving to poor people. You know, if you give to poor people, you will be blessed. No doubt about it. Okay. And there are others who have learned to just grow in your understanding about God with your relationship with God. Okay? Praying regularly, seeking the heart of God, all of that. But you put the both of them together, it's a deadly combination. Amen? You be a giver and you be a prayer, man, you are going to be a a life changer. You are going to transform people's lives. Amen? And the Bible says your, your gifts to the poor and your prayers together has come to the Lord as a offering and then he received a direction from the angel which changed everything about his future everything everybody in his household god saved everybody in fact he became a history making uh, gentile because the holy spirit f- for the first time when the holy spirit fell upon a gentile believer it was upon a giver It was upon a a Cornelius who was a praying guy and he was a devout guy and he was a generous giver to the poor. Amen? Are you uncomfortable so far? Not yet? Okay, let me make you uncomfortable a little more. Let me push the bar a little more. Give me the next verse. This is Deuteronomy. We are going into the Old Testament. Anybody complains because I preached the Old Testament today? I'm going to go hard on the Old Testament this morning, okay? The book of Deuteronomy chapter 15 and verse 7 it says but if there are any come on any poor or needy israelites in your towns when you arrive in the land that the lord your god is giving you do not be hard-hearted or tight-fisted toward them come on look at your neighbor and say do not be hard-hearted Look at your other neighbor and say, do not be tight-fisted. Okay? Your heart has to be soft and your hands have to be open. Okay? Not not, not, not tight-fisted, not, not holding back everything for yourself. Because, you know, the challenge that we have is that we we love to enjoy what we receive from God and... When we, we are enjoying, we somehow feel entitled to enjoying what we have received from God. In other words, you feel like, man, you have no idea how hard I worked to get this. You have no idea how, how much I have prayed and how much I have given to God to, to reach this point. And somehow we feel entitled. And it says, when you enter into the land that the Lord your God is promising you, that has prepared for you, do not be hard-hearted and tight-fisted. How many of you know that this year you are about to enter into your greatness? How many of you know that this year you are going to gather something that you have not not even worked for? How many of you know that this year you are going to be blessed in a way that you are going to be surprised? How many of you know that this year is the year when you are going to be overtaken by your blessings? That you are going to be blessed in your house and you are going to be blessed in your city? Do you remember that? And the Lord says, when that happens to you, you have to be careful. See, it's very easy to live a sacrificial life when when we don't have anything. But when we have everything is when we become proud and when we become sufficient. And we're like, now, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be hard-hearted. Now I'm going to be tight-fisted. And the Lord is warning these guys and he's saying, hey. Be careful not to be hard-hearted and tight-fisted when you enter into your promised land. Amen? The previous few weeks when we were learning and understanding, we were learning about giving when we don't have enough, right? But this morning we are talking about giving when we do have enough, when we have enough and when God has blessed us, how are we going to respond when God has blessed us? We are not going to respond by just sitting back and enjoying our blessing. But we are going to have our hearts open up. Amen. And we are, going to, we are not going to be tight-fisted. But we are going to be generous givers. Amen. The next verse. It says in verse 10. Loudly. Come on. Let's read it out. Give generously. No, no, no. That's not how we read. That's not how we read. That's not how we read here. Okay. One, two, three, go. No, no, no. We can we can we can make it a little better this morning, yeah? One, two, three, go. Give generously to the poor, not grudgingly, for the Lord your God will bless you in everything that you do. When when you give generously, not grudgingly. Don't don't hesitate for a minute when you're giving to somebody who is needy. Give generously. And, and give in a way that, you know, you, you're, you are joyful about your giving. You are happy about your giving. You are cheerful about your giving. Amen. And that's, you know, that's why, you know, it gives us this order of events. It says, do not be hard-hearted and tight-fisted. If you are tight-fisted, it means that your heart is hard. So instead of just saying, open your fist, The bible is attacking your heart and he's saying hey you do not be hard-hearted because it's there's no value to your giving if you're giving grudgingly there's no value to your giving if you're giving without joy there is no value to your giving if you're giving without love the bible in fact says if i give all that i have to the poor and if i give my body to be burnt if i if i sell everything and and if i lay down my life but i don't have love we all know this right come on church we have bible reading christians right and it says if we don't have love then we have wasted it all our giving is not useful that's what the bible says and and in the old testament you know in the old testament Things moved more on the outside, not on the inside, right? And in the Old Testament, this was the criteria for giving. You have to give generously and not grudgingly. So how much more is the criteria in the New Testament? See, so in the Old Testament, they had a, they had a law on the, on the stone. In the New Testament, we have the law on our hearts. So how much more should we be moved inside of us to help people? help the needy to help and not be tight-fisted not be hard-hearted towards people the next verse it says in proverbs chapter 19 and verse 17 are you ready to read it out loud let's read it one line at a time if you help the poor poor, that is the first thing that that we're gonna wait at And, and the bible is saying if you are going to look for people that are needy and you're going to make it your life's calling, life's mission to help these poor people, okay? If you're going to live in a way that you're going to uh, be generous, your lifestyle is going to be generous and your, your giving is going to be generous, as soon as you, you identify somebody who has a need, your heart is going to open up and your, your, your fists are going to open up and you're going to be willing to give. If you're going to do that, what does it say? You are Come on now You are lending You are lending To the Lord Wow It doesn't say this about giving to men of God It doesn't say this about giving to church But it does say this about giving to poor people It says when you give To the poor people You are giving a loan to God Another translation says you are giving a loan to God you know you know how when you get anybody in this place who has given loans to anybody people borrow from you no like it or not somehow you you really feel good about having helped somebody right somehow you feel that oh man i could do something that he couldn't do and i could help and i you know you feel that level of superiority over that person right can you imagine When we when we give to poor people, the Bible says it's not even about the poor person that you're giving to the Bible says you're technically God is giving you the authority, the right to to feel the pride of having lent to God of having that God is borrowing some money from you, man. I don't know how many of you would like to put God in a debt this morning. Because if you put God in a debt, you are in for some crazy blessings. You are in in for some crazy miracles. You are in for some crazy breakthroughs in your life. Come on. Let's say that, you know, you know, Jeff Bezos, Amazon's CEO is in India, right? Let's say that for some reason, you guys cross path on, on, on Brigade Road, okay? And, and, and he says, you know what? I left my phone in the car and I, I, I left my wallet. I need 500 bucks to get back to my hotel room. And let's say the only amount you have is 500 rupees. Will you give or will you not give? No? Do you, just for your general knowledge, Jeff Bezos is the richest person in the world right now. It's not even Bill Gates right now. He's the richest guy. He, even after his divorce, his wife took a big chunk of his money and still <laughs> he's the richest guy in the world. If, would you like to put Jeff Bezos in, in, a, in a debt towards you? Yes. yes, you would like to do that. Why? Because you know that when he returns, he's not going to give you back 500 rupees. He, he may even give you dollars, you know. He may even give you more He may give you a stake in, in, in Amazon for that matter You know It doesn't matter you know, you know If we could look at the poor people that are around us And we can say man, man, man If I help this guy I'm, I'm, I'm getting a stake in heaven I am actually able to borrow I'm actually able to lend to God God is the one borrowing from me Not this man that is why, if you read Jesus when he came and he started teaching about people borrowing from you, Jesus said this Jesus said, When people borrow from you, don't expect them to return back to you. Have you read that? He said, Don't even expect them to give back to you because, hey, because they are not the one borrowing from you. I'm the one who is going to, I'm the one who is borrowing and I'm the one who is going to repay you. Amen. That's the other reason why Jesus said, When you give, Don't let your, if your right hand is giving, don't even let your left hand get to know that. Don't publicize your giving, especially your giving to the poor. You know, why? Because your giving to the poor has a very powerful value. You're giving to the Lord. It's like you're loaning to God. You're giving money to God. Would you, you know, if, if let's say for some reason I have given some money to Dennis. Would Dennis like it if... I'm talking about that to everybody in church? Yes, no? Dennis, would you like it if I'm telling everybody, you know what, Dennis? Dennis owes me money. Dennis owes me money. Dennis owes me money. Man, uh, it's like spoiling his name, right? That is why the Bible says, do not tell anybody when you give to people. When you give to the needy, don't boast about it because there is somebody who is doing, who is watching what you're doing in secret and he will reward you from heaven your come on let's read the last line what does the bible say no 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 let's talk like an excited bunch of people let's talk like a people who are willing to lend money to God okay the bible says and he will repay you it doesn't say the poor will repay you it doesn't say that your company will repay you it says he who he God will repay you amen now, in the Old Testament, God set several principles into place to make sure that there are no needy people, no hurting people, no hungry people in the, among the Israelites. Okay, let's read a few of those rules and regulations. The book of Deuteronomy, chapter 24 and verse 19. It says, when you are harvesting your crops, how many of you believe you are harvesting this season? Do you believe you're going to harvest something big? Yes, the Bible says, when you are harvesting your crops, and Come on loudly And Forget To bring in a bundle of grain from your field What should you do? Don't Go back to pick it up In other words How do I, how do I say it in our, our language today? Let's say That you're traveling from church back home And you forget to take the change from your auto rickshaw guy Don't go back and fight with him and try to get that 10 rupee back. Let it be, it's okay. I don't know, sometimes, sometimes the way we fight, especially with people that sell that Palak and methi on the road, man, for five rupees, you will go to a showroom and pay another thousand rupees to, to buy a small, you know, handkerchief sometimes. But you will negotiate, you will, you will bargain for, for 5 rupees with, that, with the lady that is trying to make her living out of selling a palak on the road. Come on church, shame on us if you are doing that, shame on us. We, we don't mind paying an extra a few hundred rupees and extra few thousand rupees to, to take a flight to go from here to there. But you wouldn't pay another 20 rupees to your rickshaw guy. Come on now who is making more money the indigo airlines or this rickshawala guy who needs your money more come on when you are charged 30 rupees i i pray and i hope that you are able to give a little more that should be the that should be our our lifestyle okay you know outside this church it's okay but in our church we have high standards of living and giving eh When we see people that are hurting and broken and poor and not as well to do as we are, we should be generous and radically generous towards them. Amen. The first thing it says is if you forget collecting something, you know, let's say that out of the 50 bunch, you only brought 48 back. The the Lord is saying, don't go back for the remaining two. Okay. If this is the standard in the Old Testament, don't you think the standard in the New Testament will be higher? Okay. Let's read the next line. It says, leave it for the, come on, for the foreigners, the orphans and the widows. You know, this category of people are the ones. See, the foreigners could never inherit a land in Israel. Okay. The, the... The orphans were the ones who lost their land. If their father died and you know they don't have, they don't have uh, inheritance, that's it. They, they don't have anybody to take care of them and the widows. It says, leave it for the foreigners and the widows and the orphans. Jesus, in fact, said this. When you are about to help somebody, when you are about to bless somebody, don't do that to people who will invite you back and, and bless you back. Jesus said, do it for people who cannot bless you back. We all know, you know, how to give gift to my best friend and expect my best friend to give a better gift on my birthday and then I will outdo that gift on the next birthday and then expect him or her to do better on my... No, that's not what Jesus is saying. Jesus is saying, give to somebody who cannot give back to you. And he says, leave it there. For whom? For your servants to go and bring it back home? No, for... Foreigners, for widows, and for orphans, for the needy people. Then, when the Lord your God sees it, what will He do? He will bless you in all that you do. See, some of sometimes Christians—I am talking about you know Pentecostal Christians. Okay, we boast about our tithing and our giving to church. Yeah, we are we are hundred percent. We are perfect about our giving to church, but. This is where we lack. We don't give to the poor. We don't give to the needy people. We don't look and search out for people that are hurting and help them. We give to God and and we give to men of God, but we think that it it is not my calling to give to hurting and poor people. But there are little things that you can do out of your harvest that you can keep aside the out of your blessings when God blesses you that you that you don't be hard-hearted and tight-fisted but you let the Lord use that little gift that you have to just you know leave it behind to bless somebody to bless And, and when you do that the Lord says that he will also bless you in all that You do In all that You work In all that You are Involved in It could be a business Your family Your marriage Whatever you do The Lord is going to bless you In all that you do The next verse It says in The book of Deuteronomy Chapter 24 Verse 20 The same category It says When you beat the olives From your olive trees Don't go over the boughs Twice Leave the Remaining olives For the Foreigners, the orphans and the widows. What he's saying is when you go to Harvest, you know, and you the first time that you beat it out, the the you know a bunch of olives will fall into your basket. He says, Don't go when you find okay, there is one more there, one more here, one more there. Don't go looking to take that also, leave it beside, leave it aside for the foreigners, for the orphans, and for the widows. Amen. Next line, verse 21, when you gather the... Somebody say, this is my season of gathering. Come on, no, 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 that's not how we say it. This is my season of gathering. <laughs> and it says, when you gather the grapes in your vineyard, do you believe this? It doesn't say, if you gather, it says, when you gather. So it's a given that you are going to gather okay it says when you gather the grapes in your vineyard don't glean the wines after they are picked once you pick the wines don't glean them you know what is gleaning them gleaning is what you do with your toothpaste you know at the end of it you you smother it out and you is it only I who does that or anybody else that does that Let's come on, all the stingy people in the house said an amen. (laughs) And that is what gleaning is. And, And God is saying, hey, after you take out the first bunch of, you know, grapes from the vineyard, let it be, let it go, leave it be, because you have to leave the remaining grapes for the foreigners for the orphans and the widows leave it let it be don't don't go crazy you know we don't say it's my money I deserve this I got to you know fight for this 10 rupees don't 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 fight for the small amounts don't fight for that change you know when 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 somebody is trying to bless you do your work bless them with some extra change, you know you have swiggy guys coming to deliver food it's okay to give them a 10 rupees extra don't pay them 500 rupees and expect them to give that 3 rupees back and say oh I cannot leave you, can you them that 3 rupees back to me somehow you don't have change, no you can them that, don't do that guys when you go <laughs> when you go to an apple store and you buy something really big and they are they're, they're rich, you get that 3 rupees back from there, I don't mind Okay, but that swiggy boy, why, why won't you give that three rupees to him? Why won't you let him take that? Don't squeeze out the last remaining paste in the thing. Can you, can you do that this season? Can, can it be that people would love to deliver food to your house? When they see, man, I'm going to Horma They'll be like, man, I know I'm in for a blessing. These guys may just invite me in for a meal, if not a tip, you know. That's that's how people should enjoy coming to you, helping you and blessing you and working for you. Amen? Amen. The next line, it says, Deuteronomy chapter 24, 22, it says, Remember that once upon a time, you were slaves in the land of Egypt. That is why I am giving you this command. Why is God giving all these commands to Israelites? He's saying, Back in the day, your fathers, it was not even them, your fathers or your forefathers, they were slaves who had no rights, no authority in the land of Egypt and saying, hey, do you remember how I took care of you in the land of Egypt? In the same way, when you had a need, I was by your side. I used the Egyptians to feed you and to take care of you. In the same way, Can you be the voice and the hands and the feet to help someone else in your generation? I know that several of us have been recipients, big uh, benefactors and you know, God has used people to bless us financially, physically, different things. Can we be the ones that will help others? Can we be the ones who will constantly look to identify things? Is there anybody in this place who is saying, I'm grateful for how much God has blessed me. Anybody who is grateful for where you have reached till now? Anybody? Then the Lord is saying, remember from where to where you have come. Remember what you did not have and remember where you are today. You may have several needs today. I'm not saying you may not that, oh, that you're, you're like as rich as Bezos. That's not what I'm saying. You may have your needs, but still, you know, remember from where you have come from where the Lord has brought you. Yes. And if you really are grateful, one of the best ways to express your gratefulness is by radically, generously giving and helping needy and poor people. Amen. The same principle is repeated in the book of Leviticus chapter 19 verse 9. It says, when you harvest the crops of your land, it says, do not harvest... The grain along the edges of the field and Now God is giving them geographical boundaries And God is saying The edge of the field, leave it Okay Earlier it was only about If you forget to pick up something The first time you do Don't do the second time Or you know You, you go for the first harvest That's enough Leave the remaining He says Right now he says Leave some Intentionally leave some The edges of the field Just leave it behind He says And then do not Pick up what the harvesters drop. You know, the harvesters, they are bringing three kgs of harvest, okay? And when they are bringing this, let's say a few grams fall off here and there. He says, when it falls, don't pick it up. And it says, it is the same with the grape crop. Do not strip every last bunch of grapes from the vines. Do not pick up the grapes that fall on the ground. Why? This is why. It says, leave them for the for the poor... And the foreigners that are living among you For I am the Lord your God Now let me ask you a question Now that we understood this principle Who was the one person who benefited from this law? The Bible talks about foreigners, widows and orphans Who? Ruth She was a foreigner, she was a widow And technically she was an orphan because her father-in-law had died, her husband had died. You know, the Bible talks about how Ruth went out, you know, to harvest. When Ruth came back to Bethlehem, you should understand that Naomi did not have a land there to harvest. She is not sown in, uh, in Bethlehem, right? But she has come back, expecting a harvest where she has not labored, right? Let's read Proverbs chapter 21 and verse 26. Read it out loud. Some people are always greedy for more but the godly they love to give come on everybody say it loud loud some people are always greedy for more but the godly they love to give now go further okay the book of ruth chapter 2 and verse 15 when ruth went back to work again boaz he ordered the young man and what did they say let her gather everybody say gather gather It says let her gather grain right from the sheaves without stopping her the next line it says and pull out some heads of barley from the bundles and drop them on somebody say loudly on purpose for her and let her pick them up and don't give her a a hard time now now let me explain this to you what was the law that we read in deuteronomy and leviticus if you forget, don't go back to collect the, the second time. If you take it the first time, don't do it a second time. If, you're, if you've, you have know, harvested enough, go home, enjoy. Don't, don't squeeze out every last olive or every last grape, right? But this is not what the law says. The law doesn't say intentionally put some behind for these guys. It says, by mistake, if something falls down, then you don't pick it up. That's what the law says, right? If it falls from your lap, let it fall. Don't go back to pick it up. That's what the law says. But here there was a man, his name was Boaz. And this was a man with spiritual intelligence. He was not a natural guy. He was, he was not like everybody else in Bethlehem. He was a guy who had wisdom. He said, hey, hey I know this principle and I know that my workers are really good. I have trained them really well. They're not going to be dropping so easily. So I'm going to make sure that there is some left on purpose. That I'm not going to wait for there to be change. I'm going to make sure to create some opportunities to bless this lady. Okay. See, now Boaz did not owe anything to Ruth. Boaz didn't have to help Ruth. But Boaz said, I'm going to make sure to on purpose help this lady. In fact, he didn't do it one day or two days. He did it for an entire season. The next verse it says, But Ruth said, What's more, Boaz has even told me to come back and stay with his harvesters until the entire harvest is completed. For an entire harvest, Boaz is going to be, you know, on purpose, dropping sheaves and dropping harvest for Ruth to pick up. Isn't that crazy? And how did God bless Boaz? All the single people in the house said a loud hallelujah. How did God bless Boaz? He gave him a wife like Ruth. The most loyal person in all of Bible that we can read about. Even Jesus didn't have that kind of loyal disciples. Even Jesus' disciples deserted him. But here was a lady that was so loyal. That even when her mother-in-law said, I'm not going to give you anything, she still followed the mother-in-law. And God gave that kind of a loyal woman to Boaz. And he said, because you would choose to be generous, because you would choose to give and to be radical in your giving, I am going to bless you with Ruth. Amen? We read the principle in Proverbs. What What does it say? The ungodly are greedy for more, but the godly, they love to give. The godly, they love to give. And when you love to give, I'm telling you, the reward, it comes from God. Boaz did not plan saying, man, I'm a single guy I need to, you know, somehow get this done, nothing. He, and in fact, even when it was, even when Ruth came, he said, I'm not sure if it will work out because there, was, there is another Redeemer who is a closer Redeemer to you, you know. He didn't do anything to get this girl, but he did it out of kindness. Anybody else who was really kind in the Bible and got a nice spouse? Any story that you can think of in the Bible? Really kind, extremely kind and got a good spouse? Okay, let me tell you this story. There is a girl called Rebecca and and she was coming to fill water for her own house. And when she came, one man, one guy, he is never, she's never seen before, doesn't have gold all over his body, doesn't say, I'm, I'm come here for a wedding proposal, nothing. He just says, the only question he says is this, will you give, will you give me water? This lady didn't just give him water, gave water for his camels, all his camels. Do you know how much water camels drink? they don't drink according to your your standard they drink like like really really drink you know i heard about this in the news it said about how in, in australia there were a group of uh, you know because camels were drinking water in very uh, in, in 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 famished places and, and human beings don't have water the, the, the news said that these guys went in helicopters and they shot down about 5,000 camels. Because uh, these camels were finishing off the water for the entire land. That's how much water camels drink. And here is Rebecca pouring water to camels. If you and I were her friends, what would we tell her? Mad or what? Your father's camels? Your father-in-law's camels? Why are you feeding her? Come on now Come on Won't we give that advice to our children if our children are trying to help somebody like this and going out of the way pouring water and going crazy you know sitting late into the night and helping and all of that what would we say you know you know do your work first you know you 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 fill water for your own house first and and what Rebecca didn't know is that she was about to marry the richest person in, her, in, in that entire locality. She was about to marry the heir, like she was about to marry Jeff Bezos' son of his time. Yeah, that's, 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 that's what she received. So all the single people in the house that are praying for a godly life partner, can you make giving your lifestyle this season... Can you make giving to the poor, giving to the hurting people, giving to those in need your lifestyle? Don't wait for somebody to come and propose to you so that you can give generously. That's not how it works. That's not how it worked for Boaz. That's not how it worked for Rebecca. You give and don't say the guy will give or the girl will give. In in Rebecca's case, the girl gave. In, in, In Boaz's case, the guy gave. So if you are generous in giving, that may just be the, the, the way, the path that God will open up to connect you to your life partner. Amen. I believe that that's a prophetic word for somebody in this place. And you'll come back with a testimony about this. Okay. The next verse. It says in Ruth chapter 4 verse 11. Now, now we're going to get into the blessing part for people that are generously Giving to God. Are you ready to be blessed this morning? Let's go. Then the elders and the people replied, May the Lord make this woman who is coming into your home like Rachel and Leah, from whom the whole nation of Israel descended. In other words, God is saying that your descendants are going to be blessed the work of your hands are going to be blessed. When you give to the poor, when you give to the needy, what comes out of your life is going to be blessed. Amen. The next line it says, may you prosper in Ephrata and you may you be famous in Bethlehem. Can I can I translate it in our language? May you prosper in Henor. Yeah may you prosper in incognizant, or, or may you prosper in censure, or may you prosper in your business may you prosper wherever you are working may you prosper and, and, the, and the elders see there are several marriages in the bible but you wouldn't see a blessing like this on any other marriage there was this one particular marriage that was a result of generosity. There was this one particular marriage that was a result of, of radical giving. And the elders say, hey, 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 wait a minute. You are going to be prosperous in Ephrata. You are going to be prosperous in your city. And, and you are going to be famous. Somebody say famous. Look at your neighbor. Say, I may only have 100 followers on Instagram right now. Or I may not even have an Instagram right now. Is that true only for the old people in the house or even for the young people? But I'm about to become famous in Bangalore. Hmm. Yes. Yes, you like it or not, God is going to make you famous. You know, Why was it that the first century church church had such a huge influence over the city? The first century church was a radically giving church. The Bible says there was no needy people among them. And that is why everybody in the first century church, the, 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 the church was so very well known. The kings and the queens knew them the 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 leaders and the Pharisees, everybody they knew that this is a this is a group of people that are creating a change that are bringing about some something different. Amen. Are you ready? Let me declare this Lord, make my church, make the people in my church famous in my city Amen. not so that they can greed after wealth and they can have money and they can be proud and they can be self-centered people but so that they can make you famous lord Lord, make your children famous in the in in, in the corporate world. Make them famous in their workplaces. Lord, make them famous in their relatives, in the homes of their relatives. Make them famous in their among their customer base. Wherever they have their customer base. Lord, make them famous in the name of Jesus. Because God's people are becoming generous this morning. I declare, Lord, make them famous this morning. make them famous this morning in the mighty name of Jesus. Luke chapter 3 and verse 9. This is John the Baptist speaking. He says, Even now the acts of God's judgment is poised, ready to sever the roots of the trees. Yes, every tree that does not produce good fruit will be chopped down and thrown into the fire. Everybody say, What is good fruit? Yeah, praying three hours a day is that what the good fruit is that that we are talking about here no go to the verse 10 it says the crowds ask them so what is this good fruit what should we do John's reply he says if you have if you have two shirts give one to the poor and if you have food share it with those who are hungry Is that self-explanatory or do I have to preach this to you? Self-explanatory. It's saying, be givers in this season. Let us be people that produce good fruit. Amen? Jump, jump, jump. James chapter 1 verse 27, the last instruction from this morning's sermon. It says, pure and genuine religion in the sight of God, the Father means caring for for orphans and widows in their distress and refusing to let the world so so it's not just let stopping the world from corrupting you but also genuinely caring for widows and orphans that are in distress genuinely looking for the needs of these people the Bible says that is pure religion Amen can we finish with the last three verses for today This is a blessing. Come on, stand up with me for this. Hold your hand, hold the hands of the person on your left and your right. Because we're going to release this blessing together. As we resolve to become generous, radically generous to poor people, the Lord is about to bless you like never before. Let's read it out together. One, two, three, go. Oh, the joy of those who are kind to the poor, Lord rescues them when they are in trouble. Verse 2 The Lord protects them and keeps them alive He gives them prosperity in the land and rescues them from their enemies. Come on The Lord nurses them when they are sick and restores them to hell. Wow. Amen. What does the Bible say? The Bible says that He's gonna protect you, He's gonna keep you alive, He's gonna restore you, and He's gonna heal you. When? When you are generous to the poor. Amen. Proverb, let's let's read that once again. If you help the poor, you are lending to the Lord. And he will repay you. I have, I have titled this morning's sermon as the God Lender. How many of you want to be the God Lender? Do you want to be the God Lender? Do you want to lend it to God? Do you want to loan to God? Then let us become intentional at sowing and helping the needy people, the poor people around us. Father, I just pray and I bless the church this morning. I pray for every person who has made a decision to help, every person that has made a decision to be generous, to be gracious, every person that has made a decision to to be radical, to be helpful. I pray and I I just bless them right now, Lord. And I pray that because they want to give, Lord, I, I pray that you would give them the money to give. You would give them the two shirts out of which the one that they can sew. You would give them enough food in their house so that they can help and give food to people that don't have enough to eat, Lord. May their giving and may their kindness bring them favor from God. May it buy the friendship of God. May it buy a relationship with God. May it buy a favor and a blessing from God that that nobody else has experienced in this generation, God. We thank you, Lord, for you're going to have your way. And in the mighty name of Jesus, we pray and everybody said an amen. Thank you for tuning in. We believe that you are blessed by the word. We would love for you to be our guest on any of the weekends on a Saturday night service at 7pm or a Sunday morning service at 11am. For more information, please visit our website DreamingRevival.com.